Coming up on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline, Israel's northern border now a ticking time bomb. Why the IDF is preparing to go head-to-head -head against Hezbollah. Plus, Israelis urge leaders to wage war against the surge of terrorism. And we take you to North Dakota, where Afghan refugees are finding freedom from the Taliban. And the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising 80 years later, the incredible stories of bravery in the face of unspeakable evil. All this and more on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Hello and welcome to Jerusalem Dateline. I'm Julie Stahl. Israel is concerned it's not a matter of if, but when, its northern border erupts into a violent conflict with Hezbollah. In a warning to the UN, Israel's defense minister said the Lebanese terror group has been escalating tensions by erecting a tent within Israeli territory, establishing dozens of military compounds along the border, and increasing patrols. On Thursday, the UN demanded that Hezbollah and the Lebanese government stop blocking the movement of UN peacekeepers there. Hezbollah slammed the decision, but Israel hopes it will help prevent another war. Libya fired its foreign minister this week following news that she held an unprecedented meeting with her Israeli counterpart in Rome. Israeli Foreign Minister Eli Cohen broke news about the historic meeting on Sunday. It quickly triggered a firestorm in the North African country, which does not have official diplomatic relations with the Jewish state. Protesters were seen burning the Israeli flag, and Libya's foreign minister fled for her safety to Turkey. American and Israeli leaders were reportedly frustrated by Cohen's decision to announce the meeting, which was supposed to remain a secret. Meanwhile, Libya denied reports that the meeting was officially sanctioned and rejected rumors that the two nations are seeking to normalize ties. A truck ramming attack killed an Israeli soldier and wounded at least five others on Thursday. Israeli authorities say Palestinian driver intentionally crashed his car into a checkpoint near the central city of Modi'in. The assailant fled the scene before being gunned down by Israeli security forces. The attack came a day after police say a Palestinian wounded an Israeli in a stabbing outside a light rail station in Jerusalem. The suspect was shot and killed by police. Unfortunately, Israeli security officials are predicting a continued upsurge in terror attacks, and those who have borne the brunt of most of it are crying out to their government to wage war against those behind it, and for foreign governments to support their cause. Take a look. This year, terrorists have already murdered more than 30 Israelis. Most of the attacks have taken place in the West Bank, which is biblical Judea and Samaria. We are facing something like uh, 200, around 200 alerts every day for terrorism, the intelligence radar. We have witnessed over 200 trials of terror acts. And of course, the rate of fatalities is the highest in the last few years. Reserve Major General Israel Ziv says those carrying out these attacks are mainly young people in their 20s. He adds, while they may not be part of organized terror groups like Hamas and Islamic Jihad, those groups are smuggling weapons, ammunition, and money into Palestinian areas. This equipment finds itself to the hands of those youngsters, and by the Internet, they find all the instructions how to carry terror attack on vehicles or on uh, the settlements or all kinds of options that they have. And it's up to their decision, you know, to, to take the act. Ziv says this often makes it harder for Israel to track planned attacks. Adding to this chaos is the growing weakness of the governing Palestinian Authority.
we see that they are more uh, busy within themselves. Most of them are, are corrupted. They are dealing with, with personal businesses and personal issues, and they are not running cities and the situation in the streets. While Israel mounted a major military offensive in July, Jewish community leaders in Judea and Samaria are calling on their government to take tougher action. There's a relationship here as if each terror attack is a one-time event. They're relating to terror like there's an attack and then another attack and then another. It's simply not right. We have a full war here. What we have is a real threat. And we came here to say to our government that we demand to go to war. We want to win this war. We demand that the government of Israel takes action against these terrorists, like the U.S. and Britain would take action against terrorists that are firing rockets and shooting at women and children that travel on the roads. Many attacks are happening along Route 60, known as the Way of the Biblical Patriarchs, traveled by Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Many of the Jewish settlements, which much of the world considers illegal, are established there today. We're building on the land that's ours. We aren't confiscating land. We're building in places that we bought or that belong to the country. We're doing it according to the law. Council leader Shlomo Neeman questions how foreign governments can try to stop Jews from building houses in biblical Judea. This thing is also given a tailwind to terror, and it backs up the Palestinian Authority. Council leader Israel Gantz calls on the international community to shift its focus to helping fight the terrorism. We must fight with the terror, and we want to, uh, uh, to thank for our friends, for all the world, the support of fighting in the terror, because we all know the terror can start here and grow for all the world. Coming up, two years after the United States' chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan, meet the refugees who are starting over in America. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has chosen us from all of the nations and given us his Torah. Audiences are raving about oracles of God. I believe this is an extraordinarily well-researched movie that indeed speaks about the integrity of God's Word. It's a real faith builder. It encouraged me to, to realize God's hand in preserving His Word throughout history. If God is not faithful to His Word, He is not faithful. But this shows that He is. What is it? I don't know. I thought you could tell me whether or not they're genuine. I would describe this movie as inspiring, captivating, excitement. It mattered to them to get it right. Everybody should watch this movie. Oracles of God, the story of the Old Testament. Available now for a gift of any dollar amount. He walked with the living God and showed us the keys to the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. Pat Robertson, evangelist, humanitarian, statesman, educator, author, and visionary. Watch Pat's story and be encouraged by his many teachings. Go to cbn.com slash pat to learn more about what the Lord accomplished through this remarkable servant. As we enter the Jewish New Year, there's no better time to explore the holidays of Israel. In CBN's free guide, Israel's Major Holidays, you'll discover why these special occasions are so central to Jewish life and culture. You'll even learn about the biblical feasts and festivals that Jesus observed throughout his life. 
Get your free copy. Call 1-800-700-7000 or go to cbn.com slash Israel Holidays. It's been two years since America withdrew from Afghanistan, and many Afghan refugees are still looking for somewhere to call home. One place where they're starting, to, starting over is the state of North Dakota. Mark Martin brings us that story. August 2021, the United States pulls remaining troops from Afghanistan, resulting in chaos, plus the deaths of 13 American service members and around 170 Afghan civilians. It also strands U.S. allies in a hostile country ruled by the Taliban. CBN News met one of those allies living as a refugee in Fargo, North Dakota. Serving as an interpreter for the U.S. military, his first attempts to evacuate Kabul came up short. I came back home, so the family told me just stay home, don't go outside, because the neighbors and the people in the area, they know where you've been working and who you've been working. Eventually, the U.S. military found a flight for him at another airport. Staying in Afghanistan could have cost him his life. We're hearing every day like the Taliban or the people who are running the government right now, they're killing the Afghan forces whenever they find about them, like the, especially the commandos and Afghan special forces. They could do the same thing with me or even with my family. His family, unfortunately, did not make it out. After spending a few weeks in the Middle East, Abdul ended up in the U.S., where he says North Dakota offered the best opportunity. It was super amazing for me. When I came to the airport here, that was the winter time. Everywhere was snow. Those people from the community, they are pretty good people. They told me, like, a best welcome to uh, North Dakota Fargo. The Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Service helped make it possible. I remember the first Afghan family that arrived in 2021. A husband who had already been here for a period of time welcomed his family, I believe, of five. And when he and his wife embraced after having been separated for a significant amount of time, it brought tears to my eyes and my colleagues' eyes. In fact, one of my staffers turned to me and nudged me and said, this is why we do this work. Hanaher helped form the North Dakota Office of Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Service in March of 2021. Since that time, they've helped around 500 refugees. While Hanaher has seen some resistance, he adds overall the community is very welcoming. I'm very grateful for the outpouring of support and love from our community. There are always detractors. There are those who fear the unknown uh, or uh, simply have a, a different thought process around how they feel about these issues. Other refugees now calling North Dakota their home escaped Russia's war on Ukraine. Sergei Listratanko, his wife Natalia, and their daughter Kira lived in the Ukrainian city of Kharkiv. We saw burning tanks, burning cars. A lot of people died, and but uh, a lot of people, uh, our Military forces evacuated a lot of people. The family evacuated to western Ukraine, and after six months, they decided Natalia and Kira should head to the U.S. Sergei stayed behind to help in the war effort. Seven months passed, and Sergei decided to join his family in the U.S. 
A friend recommended Fargo, and they settled here, preferring the colder climate, much like Ukraine. Although he was overjoyed to see them again, leaving his homeland was bittersweet. Government statistics show more than 400,000 Ukrainian refugees, along with approximately 100,000 from Afghanistan, have come to the United States since those major events in their countries. Both Abdul and Sergei request prayer for the many more left behind. They want to ask for the people to pray for the people of Afghanistan. Also, I wanted the international community to force on the Taliban to reopen the schools and university and let the girls and the female to go to and continue their education. They shouldn't pray for us because we are in safe place. So uh, they should pray about our brave warriors that defending our protecting uh, our land. And that safe place for these refugees now is North Dakota. Mark Martin, CBN News, Fargo. Up next, the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising 80 years later. We remember the Jewish people's brave fight against the Nazis and give you an up-close look at where it all happened. 2023 marks Israel's 75th anniversary. Wanting only a homeland of their own, the Jewish nation has survived war. I was so scared. Terrorism. And so my husband covered in blood. And waves of anti-Semitism. It's a message of killing Jews. You can stand with the nation of Israel and support their basic right to exist through CPN Israel. Your donation makes it possible to give humanitarian aid to Israelis in crisis while simultaneously reaching millions worldwide with breaking news and award-winning films that tell the true story of the Jewish people. Will you stand with Israel during their 75th anniversary? Call 1-800-265-0996. Go to cbn.com slash support Israel or text CBN Israel to The CBN News app, 24-7 news from a Christian perspective at home or on the road. One place for all of your news. Breaking news alerts. Set daily prayer goals and pray for news stories. Read the most important news and watch CBN News Channel Live. CBN News, because truth matters. Go to CBNNewsApp.com to get the app today. This year marks the 80th anniversary of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, the first major Jewish resistance in Nazi-occupied Europe. I recently visited where it happened to get a better idea of how the Jewish people of Poland stood up to fight. In September 1939, the Nazis invaded Poland and within a month occupied the capital of Warsaw, home to nearly 1.3 million people. 
A year later, in November 1940, the Germans sealed some 450,000 Jews from the city and elsewhere inside the Warsaw Ghetto. Today, many reminders of that time can be seen in the city, including these bricks outlining the ghetto wall. Behind me is a small part of what's left of the wall of the Warsaw Ghetto. Inside were crammed a third of the city's population, as well as others, into less than 5% of the area of the city. During the summer of 1942, the Germans deported close to 300,000 Jews and sent them to the death camp at Treblinka. The end of the road. Calmly, I calculate. It is now 2 p.m. I look at the clear April skies. Come nightfall, we will be taken to Treblinka. When dawn breaks, I will no longer be alive. It's a simple calculation. This is the last time I'm seeing the blue skies between the clouds. Today, exactly eight decades later, I think about that anonymous Jew. I look at the skies like he did, and the pain pierces my heart. After seeing what they likely faced, those who remained decided to fight. They began to secretly build bunkers, smuggle weapons, and train for the right moment. The Warsaw Ghetto Uprising began on April 19, 1943, when the surviving residents refused to surrender to the police commander who had ordered the ghetto to be destroyed. For nearly a month, they fought a battle knowing they would not win. In the end, 13,000 Jews died in the uprising. About half burned alive or suffocated. It would become the largest single Jewish revolt during World War II. It was clear to us that we had no chance of victory, in the usual sense of the word. But we knew that at the end of the day, we would emerge victorious. We are the weak ones, but our strength lay in this. We believed in justice. We believed in humanity. Zibia Lubitkin and her comrades were right. Most of the warriors of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising did not survive, but their spirit won here on this soil. Today there are less than a thousand Jews in Warsaw, a tiny fraction of the population it was before the Holocaust. Earlier this year, Israeli President Isaac Herzog attended the annual memorial ceremony to the Jews who fought, hailing it as the emblem of heroism during humanity's darkest hour. Here at this place where we gather stood the ghetto, cramped, bustling, and bursting with life. Nearby was the collection point. It was there that the fate of 300,000 Polish Jews were sealed and deported to the Treblinka death camp. When I close my eyes, I can see the brave warriors of the revolt, the few hundred souls who faced the thousands of Nazi soldiers who stormed the ghetto to murder them. For the first time, a German head of state, German President Frank-Walter Steinmeier, participated in the ceremony that's been held since 1948. I stand before you today and ask for your forgiveness for the crimes committed here by Germans. Steinmeier said, as a German and the country's president, it was difficult to be there. The terrible crimes that Germans committed here fill me with profound shame. Here in the square, by the memorial to the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, I stand before you in grief and humiliation. I affirm our responsibility for the crimes of the past and our responsibility for our shared future. Even though Israel, Germany, and Poland still have their differences, Herzog, Steinmeier, and Polish President Andrzej Duda shook hands in front of the monument to the ghetto heroes, a testimony to the bravery of the fighters and the power of reconciliation. Still ahead, the Jewish soldiers of World War II 
A new museum dives into the incredible stories of these Jewish heroes. Thank you for watching Jerusalem Dayline. We're committed to providing you with unbiased reporting from the Holy Land. Through weekly broadcasts, podcasts, and online media, our vision is to reach millions around the globe with the true story of what's happening in Israel and the Middle East, all from a biblical and prophetic perspective. This is a big vision and is only made possible by the generous support of people like you. Call us toll-free at 1-800-700-7000 or go to cbn.com slash Jerusalem Dateline and make a donation that will help spread the light of truth about Israel throughout the world. Experience God's power in Superbook's Summer of Faith. Three stories of God's miraculous protection for those who hear His voice and believe what He says. You'll receive this special bonus pack with Gizmo Go, Return of the Flying House. Rig, tilt the electromagnetic coils back 30 degrees. Join the CBN Animation Club and get Gizmo Go, Return of the Flying House, plus two copies to share with others, all for your gift of only $25. And as part of our Summer of Faith bonus, receive three Superbook episodes demonstrating God's awesome power. Every Gizmo Go show contains a Bible-based story, a karaoke version of an original song, and much more. Gizmo here probably spent years trying to bring us home. Technically, it was me who brought you back. Years? Come on! Join the CBN Animation Club, and for a limited time, receive the Summer of Faith bonus as our way of saying thanks. Here, we're committed to a heritage of rigorous scholarship dating back over a thousand years. And to a faith tradition dating back a thousand more. This is how we create a culture of inquiry where no topic is off limits. And a culture of hope. Anything's possible! It's Christian leadership. And it's changing the world for the better. It's higher learning. It's greater knowing. It's what makes us whole. It's what makes us region. If you're tired and exhausted all day, you can't think clearly, and you really just need a cup or even a pot of coffee to get through your day, then join me, Dr. Josh Axe, for this new series where I'm going to teach you how to transform your diet and use essential oils and supplements to get a better night's sleep. Wake up to your best life. Call 1-800-700-7000 to get your free DVD or booklet of Protect Your Sleep today. A new museum outside Jerusalem aims to honor and expand the Jewish story of World War II. Its goal is to change the perspective from victim to victor. After the Nazi occupation of Poland, the war began to spread throughout the world. The Germans and their allies made a methodical effort to eliminate Jews from the face of the earth. But the Jewish people did not surrender. They fought back against those who persecuted them. Join the armed forces en masse. When most people think about the Jewish people in World War II, they picture the Holocaust. Now the Chaim Herzog Museum of the Jewish Soldier in World War II seeks to expand that perception. There were one million and a half Jewish soldiers who participated in the war. 250,000 of them were killed during the war. 
and nobody mentioned that. So this museum, as I say, it is a kind of changing mind. Retired Brigadier General Svi Kantor is one of the founders and CEO of the museum. Kantor served in the IDF for more than 30 years. He says that while Yad Vashem, the World Holocaust Remembrance Center, covers the story of those murdered in great detail, there's another chapter that gets lost. The way of education in Israel, because of concentration in, in, in the Holocaust, and nobody say, listen, yes, we suffered, we had a lot of victims, killed one-third of our people, but on the other side, we also participated in the war and we contribute to the victory on the Nazi Germany. The interactive experience starts with a time elevator that depicts volunteers like Chaim Herzog, who later became Israel's first president. Now you're on the deck in Pearl Harbor. You see the Arizona, the Japanese attack. You understand that the state fought in the Pacific, the state fought in North Africa, and they invaded in Normandy. We say when America joined the war, it became the World War. Let's go to the next swing, and we are entering to the okay. Jewish ghetto, and through the breakthrough, we are going to the forest to join the partisans. There in the forest, visitors are waiting with the partisans to blow up a train. When you reach the end of the museum, there's a shift from the victorious end of World War II to the battle for the new state of Israel just three years later. That's when they formed the Machal Brigade, it consisted of soldiers from other nations who had already fought in World War II and then came to help the fledgling state. We had only underground, and suddenly the war of independence, you had to operate battalions, brigades, tanks, artillery. That knowledge is no in the underground. Somebody brought it from where? Why we don't talk about it? The new museum is at Latrun. Israel's official memorial site for fallen Armored Corps soldiers, known as one of the world's most unique tank displays. A special garden at the entrance to the Jewish Soldiers Museum tells the story of war. War is blood, red, black, smoke. There is no life. The statue behind me is dedicated to around 4,000 soldiers from 43 countries, Jews and non-Jews, who came to help Israel fight in its war of independence. On the other side, we built the, the garden of the blooming of the state of Israel. Even before its opening, the museum had a special impact with an American connection. The Jewish Institute for National Security of America, or JINSA, brought a group of retired generals and admirals to the museum. CBN News spoke with two of the U.S. tour participants. Retired Vice Admiral James Malloy said it opened his eyes to history he didn't know about. When you say Jews in World War II, the thing that comes to mind is Holocaust. If you say Jews World War II fight, then the Warsaw Uprising comes to mind and maybe some partisan to fighting, but that the, uh, the Jewish people amongst the countries of the Allies joined the armed forces in mass and then performed superbly, heroically uh, as patriots and set the stage for Israel um, after the war. Retired U.S. Army General John Campbell said he would have liked to spend a lot more time there. I thought it was fascinating to see the resilience. Uh, the bravery, and the way they've broken out the museum. You kind of go down and you spiral in. It's got the use of technology there is pretty amazing. It's got uh, video, it's got movies, it's got touch screens. 
The museum also houses a library and database with plans for a research center. So far, they have collected the stories of some 30,000 Jewish soldiers and names of hundreds of thousands of others. So they're hoping relatives and friends of other soldiers will register them on the museum's website. That's all for this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and access CBN content through our CBN apps and email blasts. And remember, the God who watches over Israel, and you and me, neither slumbers nor sleeps. I'm Julie Stahl. We'll see you next time on Jerusalem Dateline.